As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process. Go to mindstermedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Out Comes the Sun compassionately helps you navigate mental wellness practices that you can apply to your daily life. And we tell your story. And now, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome to Out Comes the Sun. Yes, I've got a dog sitting in my lap. Out Comes the Sun radio podcast. We are so excited to be here. I'm here with my co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi. Hello. We have another great show today. It's very exciting. But always, we start with a sunrise segment, a little talk about the world. So today, I think this is really interesting and cool because it's something you and I have done. Well, actually, you introduced it to me because friends from what? Ireland and Atlanta, Georgia. Ireland and Atlanta, Georgia sent you this thing called I Am Driven. So anybody out there, it's it's a it's a site called I Am Driven. Is it I Am Driven dot com? Yeah. Yeah. So Melissa sent this to me and I had to do it like 17 times, (laughs) which answered so many questions. So I change everything so that I can be <laughs> what I wanted to be, which is driven. No. So this, 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 I am driven.com. This, it offers a series of questions, like 50 questions and kind of determining, it's kind of like a personality quiz, determining how you relate to different things in the world. Right. And, and, and in particular, how you relate to challenges in business or your personal life. And then it comes out with this read and it shows you all the different points of which they are calculating and they show you the average which is in a gray circle hovering around the number six from zero to ten hovering around four to six and then there's a red indicator showing where you how you grade on every one of these points how'd you do mariel well i mean the good news is it's not like the SATs where I like give you no wrong answer. It's yeah. just kind of interesting because you see where like perfectionism wasn't like I gotta pull mine up. I'm pulling mine up too. I'm pulling mine up too. I'm gonna beat you. Perfectionism wasn't a big uh, a big deal for me, which I thought was interesting because I thought, how interesting is that? Because I think there was a time in my life where that would have been awful. Oh, yeah. And now I So I think what was wonderful about the test for me was to realize that you can shift how you are in the world, right? And what you, and, and maybe it's being in my sixties now that, that, that certain things don't, they don't, I don't feel the necessity to be perfect anymore. Whereas 
boy, in my twenties and thirties, it was an obsession, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. do on perfectionism. I think so let's, you- let's, let's talk about the different points they grade us on. Yeah. So in no particular, well, I'll go around the circle. Big picture. Do you see the big picture in things? Right. Situational identity. How well do you adjust yourself to the situation? Hyper-focus, multi-thinking, boredom, <laughs> horizoning, which means kind of looking out on the horizon to things, intuitive sensing, risk-taking, perfectionism, and resilience. Okay. You said, how'd I do on perfection? <laughs> Meryl, it's from zero to 10. The national average was four and a half on that. Wow. That's the national average. Okay. What did, what'd you get on perfectionism? Um, I'm trying to find my thing. <laughs> I think you told me you got a four or six. So I you were like, it was like, it was pretty average. Yeah. It wasn't it was average. It might've been slightly below. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Slightly below. Mine's, mine's zero. Zero. I obviously don't give a flying rat's rear end. What the heck's perfect or not perfect. Apparently just slap the peanut butter on one side, the jelly on the other and make a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. I got zero. And I, you know, for someone who really was driven all through, I was driven in school to always do really well. I, that zero on there was, I mean, I, would you get on a situational identity? Do you remember? Explain what, situa- what situational identity is again. So situational that I- identity is your ability to adjust to the needs of the environment, to the people you're around. Right. So okay. how did you fare? So, 10. 10. Like I'm, yeah, I, that, that's my, <laughs> I think that's my strong suit. I, yeah. I, I have, and maybe that's the actor. In me. Maybe it's yeah. that. It's yeah. that ability to be chameleon-like, right? Oh, yeah. So I find myself, I get great pleasure in being able to adjust myself to yep. a new environment and to new people and to kind of fit in, right? I, I mean, this is interesting because when I was a kid, you know, when, you know, when you, you're a teenager and you go to parties and mm-hmm. kids would get drunk, right? That was their thing. I would pretend to drink. It was my thing. <laughs> really? Would, yeah. Yeah. Just because it was easier for me to kind of slide into the, where they were. Oh, yeah. Actually do it. I was terrified of doing anything like taking drugs or drinking just because of, you know, my past, my, my family was so, yep. so, so such addicts. So it, uh, I was so scared of it, but I loved being with people when they were acting all goofy. So I could actually act more drunk than they <laughs> And yeah. I'd wake up in the morning feeling fine, it, which is weird, but, but that's, I, maybe that's why I became an actor. I love, I love kind of being oh, yeah. in a group and adjusting to how they are, adapting to their, to their kind of whatever. Maybe that's weird. My situational identity score, you ask? Yes, I do. Okay, so what we've learned, perfectionism is zero, situational identity is two. I'm basically Popeye. (laughs) I'm Popeye. I am what I am, what I am, what I am. Okay. What was another one of your big scores that may have surprised you? Um, Gosh. You're going to have to say it because I can't find mine. Well, so I'll I- tell you what. I'll tell you what. There was, 
I wasn't surprised given that I've been doing, I've got 20 plus years in, in work of energy. I wasn't surprised that my intuitive sensing was strong. That didn't surprise me. Um, big picture was strong on me. That was like 10. That didn't surprise me. Um, right. What kind of maybe surprised me is that I also got a 10 on boredom. As a matter of fact, I'm tired of this show. I'd like to get off. Where's the lead button? <laughs> no, boredom was super high on mine. And I think that I've got resiliency and I stick with itness. But apparently I get bored and I'm ready to leave. Yeah. Multi-thinking was my other 10. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can, I, I can, I can, you know, process a lot of different things coming at me, but I found this thing fascinating. I think yeah, it is fascinating. I think, uh, I, I wasn't surprised that I was okay on multi-thinking. Uh, I'm very good on, on the visual. Like yes. I, you know, once I see, I can see visually and I can hear something. And I know that about you and I, where we're different is yeah. that you need to see and read. Like yeah. if you've read it, that's it. Forget it. Anybody out there listening to this, if you send Melissa an email, she will remember it forever. Me, on the other hand, if you have left me a voice mail, I'll remember that. But reading it, yeah. not, not so much. Oh, I know. We have, this is the thing that you and I go back and forth. We're like, what's on the calendar? I don't know. Did you hear it? I didn't hear anything. You, If you've heard it, you tell me what's going on. And if I've read it, I tell you what's going on. It's true. But it's true. We're covering all bases. Thanks for a great relationship. I'm just saying. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> There's balance in that. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our update on how driven we are or not driven or how we don't care that much about perfectionism. And maybe that's just a good thing. You know? Who's driving? Yeah, exactly. Well, stay right there. We've got a beautiful guest coming up. A really, truly wonderful two guests. Joe and Lara Donaldson, They're, you're going to love these people. They are doing great things in the world. So come back with us. We'll be right back with Outcomes the Sun radio podcast. I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours. From the recent red carpet premiere of their latest movie, God's Country Song, to Tanzania, in July to climb Mount Kilimanjaro for their combat veteran project to their mega furniture stores throughout Arkansas, Joe and Lara Donaldson are not slowing down, not one bit. Their main company is widely known and very popular multi-unit furniture store, Sam's Furniture. They use Sam's Furniture as a foundation and platform to fund all of their outreach and serve projects. You can visit Sam's Furniture at samsfurniture.net. They fund a large combat veteran project, Sheepdog Impact Assistance, which is taking combat and combat wounded veterans over to Tanzania to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in July. Amazing. This is an attempt to show and prove to combat wounded soldiers that they still have purpose and can accomplish great things even with the pain buried within. They took a group over to climb in 2021 and climbed nine of 11 summits on this mountain. This is round two coming up. Please look at www.keelyclimbforacause.com. Now, if that wasn't enough, they also traveled to villages in Africa where they work with orphan babies and travel to the villages of Vietnam where they take teams 
to distribute wheelchairs. And if you want to find out more, go to samsfurniture.net to learn about all the extraordinary things that Joe and Laura Donaldson are doing in the world. Welcome back to Outcomes the Sun Radio. We have our amazing guests here. We have two guests, uh, Joe and Lara Donaldson, correct? Hi. Yes. And here I'm going to tell a little personal story. I met you in person because I went to Arkansas. I've got an accent now. Um, I made a movie called God's Country Song, of which you are kind of a part of. You helped, to be perfectly frank, you helped finance this movie. (laughs) Helped us get furniture and do things. And it was an amazing experience. I was in Arkansas for about a month and truly your participation in in the project made it really quite wonderful we we had it was just a wonderful set and people were just kind and loving and and great and then I finally met you at the premiere in Arkansas in Bentonville in you know in this great part of the country I was really excited um your your main your main uh business is Sam's Furniture like incredible like all over the world. But the reason why I got super excited about talking to you is because you're just doing incredible things in the world. You're even getting your teenage daughter to do amazing things, (laughs) right? And she's begging to do more. So I would love for you to explain the philanthropy that you do, like literally, in the world. I mean, outside of Arkansas, outside of the United States. So please explain, uh, aside from sandsfurniture.net, you're also doing other things. And I'd love for you to explain to us what that is. Well, first of all, you're being very kind. Arkansas is amazing, but you definitely lifted it up there. Um, It's fun doing film in Arkansas. It's definitely different than doing it in California. Uh, It's like, like you said, the people are kind, uh, working on set, using people houses. It's it's definitely different out here. So Southern hospitality is a real thing. That is true, it yeah. Is. <laughs> so, and we loved having you uh, in the film. You did you did phenomenal. Um, Johnny Johnny Remo talked very highly of you before yes. you came in. And so I was excited day one on set to, to have you there. And, <laughs> and we're doing some good things with Skip Stone Pictures, um, as you can tell now. Uh, it's it's good content that we're putting out there for family and for kids, and that's that's what we're trying to stick with. The world needs uh, better movies. <laughs> so, and I find it actually interesting the parallel between what Skip Stone is doing and honestly what you're doing too. If you think about it, Skip Stone in majority of their ventures it really does bring to light these issues that just come back around. It seems like everything is coming back around to mental health. I mean, the situations that people are getting in, the outcomes of it, it's about finding community and honestly finding faith in the Lord to to get you through these situations. And so um, I just, I really don't feel like it was by chance that you became a part of this production and now you know the skip stone family so we're we're excited to get to you know 
after, after she met you on the red carpet and you guys were talking about mental health and your foundation that like she talked about it for a couple of days after that so yeah. she was pretty excited about that yes um no, that's great you you mentioned like how do we get into this it's, it's funny we're a furniture store you know we're a big furniture <laughs> store but we're just a furniture store but kind of how that story starts you know quickly is we're, we're a family of business we grew up I grew up in California my dad you know, worked for Long's Drugs for 27 years. And so we, we were, we cut our teeth in, in true business, found ourselves actually in the furniture business here in Arkansas. And as it started to grow, my dad just kept saying, we got to keep one thing focused. Let's not just grow this business to make a living. Let's grow it to serve other people, people that can't serve themselves. Let's, let's seek out needs. And so at a, at a pinnacle point, about 22, 24 years into business, we found ourselves growing pretty quickly at that moment. And that's when it really kind of caught us around 2015, 2016. And it was actually the same time my dad was, was passing. And one of the last things he said to me is just make sure as you keep growing this business, it's not about just making more money and buying a new house or a, a nice car. Use it, use that platform, use that, that, that source to serve people. We committed to that day one. And in the last seven years, like it's like we talked about when you're out here, the amount of things we've been able to, to put our hands in and, and invest in is crazy. Um, in Africa, in Asia, I mean, we're going to Chile to distribute wheelchairs this fall um, to people to give them mobility. We're taking combat veterans to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in July. Like it's it's all over the board, but it's it's what we do. It's we use our we use our business as a platform to serve people. <laughs> so I just got chills. That is extraordinary. I'd love for you to tell us too. Tell me the story about your daughter going to. I think it was to South Africa. Yeah, to Malawi. Yeah, and 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 how she is like. Well, you tell the story. I'm not going to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we had the opportunity to partner with a nonprofit called Second Milk, and they are based here out of the U.S., but they do their work in Malawi. And when they started this. It was the poorest country in the world. It's now the second. So, you know, props to them for the economic growth. But um, what their primary focus was at the time was to provide formula to infant orphans in the, you know, remote villages of Malawi. Um, so we partnered with them. The way that we chose to do that was to build a team of people within our community and within our company and take them over there, show them the work that Second Milk is doing and, you know, have them have them get emotionally invested as well and to use their platform to really show what the organization is doing over there, the need that there is um, to help that organization grow. We were just extremely excited that, um, you know, our daughter wanted to be a part of this as well. Never done any kind of serve trip or you know, not even gone to a different state and served in, you know, this capacity. She's, she's done local stuff, but it's all just, you know, charity driven little bake sales or anything. And not so, Africa. Not Africa. <laughs> um, but she was excited for the opportunity and we get over there and she's 13 years old and you just see the transformation. Um, just in her heart and her perspective to realize that you're, we live in a bubble, you know, and I feel like Northwest Arkansas in itself is definitely its own kind of bubble, 
but the US is it's just a it's a safe hubbed bubble and people do not understand what true need and devastation look like you know and it it really opened her eyes to that but even more so it overwhelmed her heart with the joy of the people that are there. I mean, these people have nothing. We're talking nothing, but yet they have more joy than anybody in the U.S. that I know. And she, she just fully immersed herself. And actually, I don't know if Joe even mentioned this, but when we were going to leave, now this was the first two weeks of her summer break, she asked to stay with a family down in Africa for the rest of the summer. Mama bear was like, <laughs> I can't stay with you. So not this time, but maybe next time. But just, and honestly, that has impacted her. She's now, she'll be 18 in October, but the, the heart that she developed during that time, that two weeks that she was there loving on these babies, serving this people group, she carries that into her life today. I mean, it, it truly did change her life. Think about the things that 17 year olds to, to 13 year olds, you know, that whole age now. And we talked a little bit about the society and the peer pressures and the influences of social media and things like that. These yeah. kids today only know one world. They, they, and it is a bubble. Mm -hmm. And so you take a 13 year old to, to, to Malawi, Africa and let her see a village, not like, I mean, National Geographic can't touch it, you know, and it, it changes this. It's one little trip, but it changes the course of her life. And probably what she'll do is, you know, as an adult, when she gets married and has her own family, how will she challenge the next people she has influence on to go serve and to, and to look outside of our life. Yeah. And that's, that's why what we do, I mean, we use our, our platform, not just to serve needs, but we try to take people. I mean, a, a ton of our leaders in our company, regular employees have, have gone. I'd say at least 15 of our employees have gone on these trips. Um, we've taken community leaders, but that's really the purpose is, is the more people we can get engaged and then they go back to wherever they have their circle of friends or their power of influence, and then they can talk about it. Hopefully they can light the fire in someone else. Oh, it's so incredible. Oh, my heart just, it's just, it, it, it really is extraordinary. I, I told you when I was talking to you, just because the world is a different place. And for, for kids to have a perspective, I mean, if you have that opportunity, which you're so fortunate to be able to give that opportunity to your kids, even though you were showing them, you know, people without any fortune, and yet the, their hearts were open and their smiles on their face. I mean, I've, I've been to India. I took my kids to India when they were very young. Uh, well, you know, it was, I get, 11 and 13 about yeah. and it was it really does have an impact that is life-changing forever because they see that you know they see people and they saw kids you know they saw lepers on the side of a train you know but smiles on their faces yes they were begging but they were there was something different about yes. the way they were there's no they didn't have phones in their hands you know they were it was a different experience. And, and I think it, for children to have that kind of connection with, with something that's not connected in a, you know, internet kind of false reality, but in a real heart center, real, a real mm -hmm. connection. Wow. 
I think it comes back to one word I think I mentioned when we were talking at the premiere is an entitlement. And it doesn't mean like, you know, some people are entitled where it's, it's, it's a pride thing. It's like, well, this is mine. I've got this. And, you know, we've got nice things, you know, we've, we've been financially blessed and we've got a nice house and cars and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's a mind shift of those things don't have you. And I think that's what it does for kids. If you take kids to a place like that and they can see that you can be happy with a lot less, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, life can be okay. Um, it changes their perspective, hopefully changes their direction life to where the cell phones, the social media, the, the status that, you know, you have to have here to be at a certain level or to be happy or content isn't, isn't a necessity. And I think that's where like social media and the internet in, in whole has really kind of skewed society and skewed the way that, I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I'm not that old, but like, I mean, if I, if I dreamed about something, you know, my dad said, Oh, just go work hard. You can get it, you know, but I had to look five and 10 and 15 years in the future almost to think, you know, if I do, if I work hard, I can get this life wasn't instantaneous. Like even dreaming about the future, you were truly dreaming about the future. Kids don't, they can't think into the future today. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so hard because everything in their sphere, even in schools is right now is right now. And there's a danger in that. And I think to, to get on the flip side of that, there's a counteract and a benefit of taking kids on serve trips to other countries where they can see these things in these societies where people live, because it'll, it'll counterbalance what we're yeah. exposing them to here in our country. Yeah. And Nevea, she's actually been, she's gone on a wheelchair distribution too, to Mexico. So she's, she's not just gone on one serve trip, she's gone on several. So over time, I think it'll help cultivate just a different mindset. Yeah. Melissa. Yes, I, I'm, I'm thinking about your business. Well, I'm not going to, Southern, I'm not going to just jump in. I'm waiting. I'm being respectful. And one of the things that I was thinking about, you're talking about your business, is that I've, my husband and I have owned our own business for 20 plus years. And I, I know that the, the community, uh, as, as our company grew outside of our community, people were coming to us in droves, it felt like, with requests for, can you help us here? Can you do this for us? And we would sit down a little overwhelmed candidly with all the needs and we didn't know how to meet all of them. So my question to you is to whom much is given much is expected. And you have been blessed by, by your own admission, certainly with, with your, your spirit, you you both have an incredible spirit to give and to serve when you are being inundated with this influx of need. How do you, where, how do you start? How do you pick the yes, this, this, yes, now, this, not yes, now? Like, what do you have a criteria that you hold yourself and your company to as you're going through it? We are just starting to get to that point because <laughs> this, this happened really fast. It just really started five, six years ago. And it started with, you know, things that we, we, we had a heart for with poverty or with children and this and that. And it did kind of just, like you said, we're a small business in an in a area of five, 600,000 people. I mean, a good size business, but a small business. Yeah. The moment they see that side of your brand, yeah, they come running. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it went from, you know, five or 10 requests, you know, maybe a year to, to five or 10 a week, you know, in a five-year period of time. But we're kind of just now putting together our, Lara calls them our pillars of, you know, our of giving, pillars so to speak, giving. you know, um, <laughs> because they have come to us from all angles. And we're really wanting to focus on things that can truly impact the future. So now it's like, hey, if someone comes to us, we say submit your request, kind of what you're what you're trying to do with your foundation or with your whatnot, and we'll see if it 
if it mixes with where our family wants to invest into. Um, but really, it's it's kind of poverty type stuff. Really, a lot of stuff dealing with children that just you know have a just bad luck or just bad situation in life. You know, we can come in and give them a give them a silver star. So you're investing in the future. Yeah, I like that. And I got to tell you a little funny story. My last name is Yamaguchi. And in our business, when Christy Yamaguchi won all the gold medals as a <laughs> skater, everyone was convinced that we were somehow related. So they were really? like, yeah. your family's in the Olympics. And I was like, well, she's not. And if she is, she could share a gold medal with the with her in-laws, right. but she's not. So yeah, it comes it comes from all over. Well, I applaud that. I applaud your focus on children because that's a, you, how, you can't say no to kids. It's an easy give. It's an easy spend of your time. That's lovely. And also I want to say that Arkansas has is, is a state in our nation that has had its own financial struggles and economic cultural issues within communities. Even I think about my grandmother was from Tennessee, Kentucky, not too far, the haulers where there's no running water. I think that we in our country are I agree with you taking our children outside because you've got to you've got to shock them out of their system because they think, oh, this is America. Somebody will step in and help. Why aren't why isn't our government helping the people in Kentucky? How come there's any poverty in Oklahoma or, or Arkansas? They don't they don't it doesn't connect. So when I've had people say to me, why do you need to go outside of the country when we've got issues here? Well, again, you've got to shock the system. Yes, mm-hmm. there's poverty in our country, regardless of who's in charge. There's poverty in our country. There's issues of, of health and, and, and is, uh, economic financial disparity. But when you shock the system to go to other countries, it makes you think, holy smokes, this is going on here. And you can kind of make some sense of it in some way, even though you don't like it. So then yeah. you come back to this country and that makes it stand out even more. And you think, holy, holy smokes, what in the world's <laughs> going on? Right? Yeah, I think I applaud you for it. Melissa, I love Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 please. <laughs> I love that you brought light to that because we actually get that. So, I mean, we're talking 95% of our giving is done here locally in Northwest Arkansas. 5% is done internationally, but yet we still have that. We still have people coming to us saying there's need here. There's need here. And we're like, do you not do you not see the the need that we are trying to you know right. trying to help here but it's such a good point that when you take people and shock that system you bring them back then they see it here yes. they don't and see, they see it. the need here yeah because That's they right. all of a sudden they're a, they've a, they have a visual they have a connection yeah. to it because yes. you don't see what you also you don't see what you don't want to see Right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Our country is maybe not as awesome in every corner as we thought it was. Right. And yeah. we don't want to believe that that our children are 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 challenged and have suicidal thoughts. I mean, we don't want to believe right. that. We want to believe absolutely. that we're raising smart, wonderful, well-adjusted kids. And yet society is kind of pulling, you know, like that's what we talked about that yeah. night. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, there's this pull all the time away from your heart center from your from your from your sense of gosh just being at peace I mean everything everything's like so chaotic that how do you find peace I I I just I just love that you're helping you know you're helping people to to go extreme so that they can get simple do you know what I mean yeah yes 
with, when you say when you say where is our peace something hit me when you said that and it's our reality here in the u.s in our little towns and our little lives isn't reality anymore like if i think back 10 or 20 years ago to me the the way i was raised the things that you, know, you have good influences bad influences and it's normal life that was kind of normal reality it was it was what's expected I think so many things have shifted today with influences. And I, again, I hate to go back to internet and social media, but everything that's out there, the, the things that we had to learn growing up through parenting, kids at five can go find on the internet. Like there's no system to growing our kids into the exposure to the world happening in, a, in the right time frame. Like kids just get thrown out there in the system and in a in a two or three year period of time, they're exposed to what they should have learned over a 10 or 15 year period of time. Our God did not design us to, to withstand that that fast. And yeah, it, I think it, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And that's, it, 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 it is an interesting question because it's like, you know, but you know, it's a conversation that Melissa and I have all the time because the internet's not going away. AI's not going to go away. None of these things are going to go away. But how do you how do you protect the kind of family unit? How do you protect that? How do you protect that little bubble? Values. I watch. Uh, you don't know Melissa, but I know her very well, and she's an ins insanely good mother, and her and her husband <laughs> incredibly good parents. It makes me cry because they really are. They're just extraordinary. But I see her creating this. It's not even, she doesn't even have to do it anymore. It just sort of happens. But there's this bubble of, of, of family that she has created. And it's, it's kind of impenetrable in a way, in a good way. Like I, it just is. And I think that that is something we need to cherish, right? I, but it's up to the individual. It's up to you, you, Joe, and you, Laura, as parents to create that bubble for your family. It's up to me and Bobby to create that bubble in my family because, you know, it's not, it, it's not up to the internet. It's not up to your educational system. It really is up to your communication skills, your ability to connect with what matters to you, to your heart, what drives you forward. But it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just... And it's more important now than ever. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, my, my grandmother always used to tell my brothers and me, whole lot of love and a little bit of fear of God never hurt anybody. So <laughs> we the children, my, my, my children were raised with a lot of curiosity and we encouraged that, but they also knew parameters and what they also knew repercussions that they stepped over. You can, you can make any choice you want, but you will have to face the repercussions if it's a, mm -hmm. if it's an area that you were guided Mr. Misguided. Anyway, I I think that what you're doing with your daughter is so vitally important. It's our job. You know, that's what part of the inheritance we leave our children is their yeah. spirit of goodwill and their their heart for humanity. So kudos to you for leaving your daughter a good inheritance. That's how we can operate our family, our business, and everything. The mission statement on the wall downstairs uh, here in our store is uh, what is it? Uh, to be the best furniture store in Arkansas. Wow serving those in our community and around the globe. So it comes back to that, that foundation of mindset in our family yeah. is no matter what you're doing in life, no matter what your foundation, your platform, your, your, your influence is, it can't just be about you. 
And I think that's the, the key thing that, that we all need to be teaching the young ones today because they're not getting it anywhere else. They're not getting told mm -hmm. that and, and influenced to do that. So we got to teach them that life, the balance of it, especially if you go to scripture, it's, you know, the word love and serve is in the Bible probably more than just about anything else. That's because that's what it's about. It's about loving and serving other people. Yeah. And we're all connected, right? We're all connected. I mean, mm -hmm. regardless of what your belief system is, mm -hmm. exactly, we are connected. I'm sorry. We're connected. Yep. Just family. So don't forget. <laughs> we're family now. <laughs> and, you know, when I put on my Southern accent, that's it. <laughs> then we're really family. <laughs> are so great. I'm, I'm just so thrilled that you joined us today because this is a conversation It's important for everybody to have, to have with ourselves, to have with our children, to have with our friends. And just, we got to keep this communication going because it's, it, it really is. And you guys are great. Thank you for doing what you do in the world and for, for making a difference. We're, we, it's just super we're just super grateful. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you one for of the, the one of these days, Yeah, one of these days you need to come on a trip with us to Africa or, or go oh to Vietnam God. and distribute wheelchairs Chile, or, you know. Mexico. Don't Melissa and I because we will show up. Right, that's, yeah. work. <laughs> thank you so much. You're awesome. And everybody, stay right where you are. Don't leave or stay in your car. Keep it on this dial because we are coming back with Melissa's energy tip for the day. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. That would be me. And I am here to share with you this segment called Energy. We just learned some amazing information from our guest about travel and about children, about the concept of children. My, my tip today is understanding the energy of children. A lot of times I have people call me, write me and ask me, how do I feng shui my children's room? How do I feng shui my teenager? And this is the bottom line. You can't feng shui children and teenager because their energy, which is controlled by hormones, is like trying to harness a tornado. So you cannot. Your best point of action in when you're working with your children, the best information and advice I can give is to ensure that their bedrooms are their safe havens, that there is no clutter in their rooms. And I'm not talking about an errant toy or a book that's fallen off the shelf. I'm talking about that there's no unwanted things in the room, things that don't bring them happiness. They've got to have a space where they can escape and have quiet and have peace. They don't have to study in the rooms. I would, I know a lot of people have TVs in their children's room. If you choose to do that, then when they go to bed at night, please put something over the TV to shift the energy. But the room should really be a haven for your child, for your baby, all the way up into your teenager when they're, while they're navigating this thing called life. So keep the room very, very quiet. If you do have, if you are able to have a place where they can study outside of their bedroom, Ensure that it's an area that gets them, if you can, some natural lighting. If you don't have natural lighting and you don't have a window that you can open for them, then bring in a fan to keep the room slightly cool. Bring in, uh, make sure there's enough lighting around. Make sure that it's ambient enough that it keeps, kept, allows them to be focused. When my children were in of school age, I always had pictures of, uh, of things around that would motivate them for whichever subject they felt that they weren't the strongest in. 
if, for example, the children had been struggling in math, I would have brought in perhaps Einstein. So you bring in things around them that will motivate and encourage them, not to, not to remind them that they're not able, but to show them what they are capable of, of doing. So the environment that you want to create for your child while he or she is navigating the his or her way through life is, to, is a one of safety, of freedom to be able to breathe and think, to re, to retrieve, to, re, to excuse me, to to remove themselves from the rest of the family or the environment when they need some alone time, that it's safe. Make sure that their fabrics on their bed are breathable. Make sure that their that their bed is comfortable. That they have a if they want to sleep with a teddy bear or they have a pillow that's comfortable. Make sure that that bed is a safe spot for them. It's all about creating comfort for the child. We always talk about creating a spa-like environment, a haven for mom and dad's room or mom's room or whatever. Yes, but we need to we need to think that way also for the child so that he or she feels like they're safe. That's my tip for you today on energy. Now, don't go anywhere. Be sure to come right back. Put that coffee in the cup holder and keep the dial up on high because next up is Mariel Hemingway, and she's going to be sharing with you information on how to stay balanced. Come on back. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much, Melissa. I love that tip. So good. You're always good. Now, kind of in keeping with the, your bedroom, I'm going to stay with the sleep mode a little bit of, you know, you've, you've given us tips on how to keep, keep, make your bedroom a, a safe haven, a, a place of peace and quiet and for sleeping. Your bedroom is for sleeping. Remember that when you're you know, turning your computer on, or you've got that television, cover the television up if you can. But here's some, here's some tip. Here's my balance tips that make sleep so incredibly good because sleep is so important for us. And I, you know, I used to think, oh, I'm a meditator. I don't need that much sleep. I, I, this, I, that, you know, and then I met Bobby and he was like, actually you need <laughs> eight to eight to 10 hours of sleep. I was like, eight to come on, please. I was getting like five, six hours of sleep. I thought I was a rock star. And the truth is I was, uh, you know, I had adrenal fail, you know, I was, I was exhausted and I was kind of running on fumes using a lot of caffeine, using whatever right now we can do that once in a while, but when you do it over a consecutive amount of time, it creates what's called, you know, it's just hyper aging. You just start to age very, very quickly. Sleep is the number one way to to create recovery and for longevity. It that is how your body and your brain comes back into, you know, homeostasis. It comes back into balance. So sleep is so incredibly important. And the room that you sleep in is incredibly important. I have an, you know, I have an amazing mattress. It's a, it's a natural mattress, an organic mattress. It's by Naturepedic, it a wonderful company. They make these amazing organic mattresses. And, and, and the truth is you think, oh, well, how, how can that affect me? Well, having synthetic rubber or, you know, coils and metal and all that kind of stuff underneath you, vibrating underneath you can zap your energy and actually prevent you from sleeping well. So 
when I got this amazing mattress, I was just like blown away because, you know, you sleep really well. Number one, invest in a good mattress because sleeping is so important. Number two, make your room dark. Dark, 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 dark room. Bobby, when I first met him, we, I think we, we were, well, not when I first met him. Okay. I don't want you to think that I, we slept together right away because we did not. But when we did, and we were in hotel rooms, okay, don't, no laughing, Melissa. I know you're over there laughing. Anyway, when we were in a hotel room, I, all of a sudden we're getting ready for bed and every, keeps turning the lights off and going up to the windows and covering them with towels and other blankets. And he's got tacks. And anyway, the room was so dark that I couldn't find my way to the bathroom in the, in the middle of the night. Long story short, I did once I, you know, made it back from the bathroom and and bumping into everything. I slept so incredibly well. So a black room, Uh, you know, you've turned off your technology, please turn off your technology by eight or 9 p.m. Just turn it off or at least put it for like Melissa has told you, at least put it far enough away that it's not resonating because that energy, we pick up on it. I turn it on into airplane mode if you need to have it, right? If you just absolutely have to have it, put it in airplane mode. That's number one. Sometimes we've even turned off our entire, uh, you know, like in the summer when it's, when it's, you know, warm, we've turned off our electricity and the internet goes off and you would be amazed at the, the, the incredible silence of a, of a home that has no electricity rushing through it. So that's number one. And then, you know, black room and a cool room again, like Melissa was just saying in her tip cooling off a room of a teenager, anybody needs to be, it's best to sleep cool. It, it, it improves your sleep tremendously. So having a cool room is incredibly important. And the quality of your sheets, yes, they should be like a natural, breathable uh, material and a good mattress. And what else about a good room? I just can't think of anything. And then, you know, say your prayers. <laughs> say your prayers or meditate, you know, think of, do, do a two to five minutes of just silence, imagining your day. Sometimes Bobby and I will even go through the day that we've just had and think, where could I improve? Where could I have done something differently? Where, where could I have been a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more understanding? Maybe you didn't need to react so strongly to this, that, the other thing. Anyway, it's a good time to, you, you can kind of reinvent yourself before you go to sleep, because I truly believe that the mind is like a computer. So what you program before you go to sleep is what you will what will happen the following day. So I, I make it a practice to envision my next day as kind of this unfoldment of perfection and good energy and joy and happiness. So that's my balance tip for the day. Thank you. I love it. And I'm listening to you realizing that I might be, I might have, when it comes to wind down mentality, I might have a dyslexic, twist on it. I think, I think I might be to have done it wrong. I think I wind down at the end of the day and I turn to Billy and I say, what could you have done better today? I think I might be doing it wrong, Mary. I got to work on that, babe. I promise I'll work on it. 
And I want to, I want to, I want to tell on you. I've been with Meryl on a road trip before, um, and I, as I was exiting her room to go back to mine, I, or I came into her room. I think it was the the morning after we were getting ready to go down for a speech, and I came into her room, and she had to move a towel that she had wound very tightly and 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 adhered with like like closed it off with electrical tape or something and had it shoved to the, the base of the door. And as she's moving that, she's like, hold on, hold on. And the door's opening up. She's got tape on the, the peephole where you look to see who's standing outside your door. She's got everything. It's like she was with the witness protection program. I didn't know what to think. I, I, and then she explained to me about no light. No light. And then you become an obsessed person. Oh, about yeah. Because then when you close your eyes, and that's why Bobby kept turning off the lights when we first met, he, would, he turns off the lights and then his eyes adjust and then he sees where the light is. And yeah. of course, one of the big culprits is the light on the little TV that's telling you where the oh, TV yeah. is, right? So that little red light, got to cover that. Then there's the the fire, the fire, whatever, the what is it? The fire. The, uh, the exit sign telling no, you the, that. You know, the, the smoke detector, sorry, the smoke detector has a light and it blinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm telling you, we bring tape for that. So there's tape and, and to make that room dark because you don't want to see anything. And you do run into a lot of things, but it, it feels so good to sleep in a good dark room. Anyway, that's our show for today. Thank you, Melissa Yamaguchi, my incredible co-host for joining me on another great adventure and just sharing with people our crazy and wonderful life. It's Thank you. My pleasure. And, you know, tune in tomorrow because you know we'll probably have another show. We'll just come and keep having shows and keep making you laugh and keep making you smile and making us smile. So out comes the sun radio and also please go to MarielHemingwayFoundation.org if you want to get involved in helping us be a resource navigator for people that are in need of help for mental health. That's what we want it to become is a place where people can go to find solutions for their mental health problems in wherever, what, whatever country, whatever, you know, whatever city that they are in. That's the goal and the dream of our foundation is that we become a resource navigator. So if you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, just keep tuning in because we love you. Outcomes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. And sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. Thank you for listening.